The question in my mind is, how do you create or relaunch a highly profitable and successful six to seven figure business? With so much conflicting advice about the best ways to start and grow your business, how do you get it right the first time? I want to help entrepreneurs make a real difference and navigate the messy world of startup or relaunch. My name is John North, and this is the Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs show. Join me today when we dig deep with our guests and get you the best blueprint so you can fast track your own business. This episode is sponsored by Volpreneur.app, your all-in-one online business system. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. So let's get into the day's episode. You're listening to the Startup Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, John North. My mission is to help entrepreneurs make a difference and navigate the messy world of start, <clears throat> the messy world of startup or relaunch, or commonly called a pivot. To the, join me today as we dig deep with our guests and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. So, my very special guest today is Nicole Smiths, who's a leadership coach. So, welcome, Nicole, to the show. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to speak with you. Cool, and uh, fellow Sydney cider. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> So we don't need to talk about the weather. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. So part of what we, we spoke about before was the fact that you, you've you only just recently started the business, right? I think you started uh, during the pandemic, from my understanding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I started up uh, beginning of this year, 2021. Right. Okay. So what were you doing prior to that? So prior to that, I was in recruitment. So mm-hmm. I was an executive search consultant. So there I was you know, dealing with CEOs day in, day out, trying to help them with their career trajectory and how they were going to move forward with their sort of proposed career plans. And prior to that, I was traveling the world for three years in aviation. You. <laughs> yeah. You got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it was just in time. <laughs> One of my clients actually did a TEDx talk in, in America and he flew back the weekend that they closed the borders in Australia. So <laughs> it's like that was lucky. Yes. Very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a, so you just timed that nicely because another week and you would have been doomed. <laughs> it would have been really mm-hmm. tough getting home. Mm-hmm. So in terms of so basically you're doing leadership coaching um, as an oversight, but I mean the end of the day there's lots of facets to leadership coaching, right? So what's That's your perfect. sort of main expertise area? What do you normally focus on? So my key focus area is communication, mm-hmm. and I know that in itself is a big umbrella term, but. You know, I, I really tend to focus on the soft skills. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether that be public speaking, impromptu speaking, assertiveness, resilience, conflict management, things like that. I just really help people in how they express themselves and how they use that to connect with others. And I focus very much on their careers and how they can improve their professional as well as their personal relationships. Right. And so how did you get started? Like, obviously, did you decide because of the pandemic to start a new business? Was you kind of like forced into it to a degree or was it more of a like, Mm. let's jump? No, I I don't like to see it as forced into it per se, but I would, I would say it was perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the final push to actually get me to do it because, you know, it's something that I've had in my mind for about five years or so, but there were just sort of, you know, life gets in the way, other things pop up and then it just sort of never happens but it's always been in my heart and always been in my intentions and I just saw this as the perfect opportunity to get started Mm -hmm. and honestly I'm so glad I took that leap because it was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah and I mean I I think the end of the day like being your own boss is um, 
it's reality is you end up with lots of little bosses cause your clients end up being your boss but at the yeah. end of the day you have some degree of control over it more so than, than an employee and and also the ability to make as much money and work as long hours as you like so. yeah yeah that, that's right so there's definitely the element of flexibility and also autonomy and mm. like you said having control of how you do things in exactly the way you want to do it but it's also just the opportunity to follow my passions and my dreams and make an impact in the world in a way that I believe I can do the best in. Mm, sounds good. And so did you start off with some clients to start with or did you have to go and try and find some? Uh, no, I didn't start off with clients. I just sort of just dove straight in and, and just sort of wanted to see how I went. But mm. I always knew it was I was going to be okay because I was doing something I was so passionate about. And yeah. in general, it's something that I've been doing my whole life. You know, I, I would meet strangers on the street and I I would end up giving them a little bit of a coaching session. I mean, I'm a qualified psychologist as well. So I would just sort of help people in that kind of way from all walks of life. So I thought, I think it's time to really make a full-time living out of it. Mm -hmm. And so when did you, um, so you you obviously had to do the whole website stuff and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Did you do a lot of that yourself or did you get some help for that? No, I did it all myself. So I've got a YouTube channel as well. That's where Mm -hmm. I started with everything just to sort of test the market and see how it would all go and look I'm not a naturally tech kind of person (laughs) but I taught myself everything from scratch and I think that is one of the I guess successes and at the same time it can also be a challenge for having your own business is that you wear all these different hats and you do need to learn everything yourself especially in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's it's a it's a money constraint too. I mean if you if you can burn a lot of cash setting stuff up and then have no money to sort of have any runway later on, so mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't know what's going to work too. So I mean I, I think yeah. you've done the right thing. You've tested things out. You tried things mm-hmm. without a low cost, so that way you don't end up in a situation where you've sort of gone too far down a track and can't back out of that. That's right, and it's all it's all a balance game. You've got to choose where to put your funds into, especially mm-hmm. at the beginning. But um, yeah, I, I also find that doing things for yourself. There is an advantage in that, you know, later on when you do move up the ladder and you are able to get people, you know, exactly how it works and you have an intimate yeah. understanding of the process. And, and also if you're looking at someone, you know, like hiring a contractor or whatever, you've got a rough idea how it should work and, and what expectations you've got because I think some people, they're all saying, you know, they promise the world and give you an atlas. And I've had a few of those experiences already, mind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you've done pretty well and since you only started. When did you start? Early January 20? Did you say January 20? Yep, uh, January 21. Okay, well, I yeah. guess it's I guess it's been a few months now, but that's pretty good work. Like you know, mm-hmm. I know I know some people startups are still like struggling thinking about what sort of website they're going to have six months later. Oh no, I yeah. So I started I started my YouTube channel last year in October. So it was a little bit of planning and kind mm-hmm. of I, I wanted to be structured in my approach. I didn't want to just go in willy nilly. I wanted to know have a structured strategic approach to how I would do things in a yeah. nice progression. Mm-hmm. So I started my YouTube channel, and I would say I I started building my website. To be perfectly honest with you, I did 75% of it the day before I launched because that's just the way it goes. <laughs> I work well under pressure, but yeah. I probably started that at the beginning of the year. So that's why yeah. I opened January 21. I really got into the crux of things from the beginning of the year. Mm. So you only focused on one platform? You didn't start trying to spread yourself too thin on multiple platforms? or? Um, do you mean website-wise? Or- no, just in terms of like um, like you said YouTube. So obviously you've kind of fact- you favoured YouTube as being your main kind of area to focus on because a lot of people try to have like set up Facebook, YouTube and, and try and spread yeah. themselves way too thin on multiple platforms when really yeah. one's enough to start with at least. 
Yes, I would say I focused on Facebook and YouTube together Mm. at first. So I was using Facebook as a way to market my YouTube channel to bring attention and traffic to that. Um, But I would say, yeah, those were my main focus for a long time. Instagram was pretty much just the same as Facebook anyway. Yeah. Um, But I would say now I'm venturing into other things which are really exciting, which I'll probably discuss with you a little bit later. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's your strategy for a client? Like how do you normally attract a client and, and, and do you, um, I guess, do you look at the, the, what sort of client you're looking at rather than just like in early days, it's really easy to take on just anyone. Mm-hmm. Have you been fairly strategic about looking at the right sorts of clients or have you kind of yeah. had a few clients you wish you hadn't taken on? <laughs> No, I haven't had any of those, but I would say, so I started testing the market in terms of clients and sort of niche and what direction I wanted to go into the beginning of December. Mm -hmm. So I gave myself about a month or so to do that. And that's really where I was sort of just like, whoever wants a coaching session, let's do it. You know, because it sort of gave me a real time feel for what works for me what gets the best responses and take it from there. So I used that as my testing phase. And from there, I sort of always was constantly reflecting, how did this go? What could I do better? Where are my natural strengths and weaknesses? And, you know, that really led me to the leadership and communications, which, you know, I think oftentimes with niching, I think people, they already know what they're good at deep down, but they just confuse themselves and they overthink it. And then they kind of end up going in all different directions, but actually you already know your strength. And you just sort of need to take the time to sort of understand and and reveal that. And I think that's what I did within the first month and a half. And once I realized that niche or kind of chosen my niche, that's where I sort of reflected on my life experiences. How can I demonstrate my expertise in this area? How can I use my life experiences to relate to my clients? And that's how basically I've gotten my clients from now until then. And I've been lucky enough to have clients across 10 countries so far. That's great work. That's great work. I mean, you've, you've certainly thought it out well enough. I mean, I think, um, I don't know whether you had some background in business or whether you've um, just happened to be natural at it, but a lot of the stuff <laughs> you're talking about, stuff that usually people say after they've been in business like five or six years. So oh, okay. Um, this is my first time opening my own business, but because I'm so passionate about it and I think, A lot of the principles you can apply in business are things you apply in other parts of your life, whether it be in school or other big major life experiences or achievements that you've had. But I'm very much of the attitude, if I'm going to do something, let's do it properly. Let's do it planned because you want to make it worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's the key to it. I mean, I think if you try and half do things, mm-hmm. it, particularly, um, particularly websites is a big one. Like it, in some cases you're trying to half do a website, people know it straight away, particularly when you, I mean, I've seen some so-called established websites you've gone to and they've still got lopsim text on it. <laughs> I forgot to change the template. And they rushed the job obviously and they didn't finish picking it and stuff like that. So um, so who's your perfect customer? Like, who do you, when you look at someone and they come along and say, well, who do you think is your perfect customer and, and fulfills that kind of requirement for mm-hmm. you? So I help both corporate professionals and entrepreneurs. And it's really for those people who know they're intelligent. They know they've got technical expertise, but they just struggle to articulate or express themselves clearly. So it's, it's not for a lack of you know, competence or anything like that. My clients are intelligent. You know, they, they've got great ideas that they could contribute to the world. Mm-hmm. It's just they, they want to reach their full potential by learning how to communicate it better. So those people are my ideal clients. And they're generally from, you know, the finance sort of tech IT industries where 
you know, public speaking or expressing yourself isn't really the number one priority usually. Mm. It's mm. more about technical expertise and yep. and understanding how to code something or or write it down in a report. But you know, these days communication is more vital than ever, especially with what we're going through right now. So I, I, I'm finding I've I got a lot of people that are coming to me wanting to improve that. Yeah. Control your destiny and create a complete business system for your online business. Evolvepreneur.app offers an easy and cost-effective way to build your online business by helping you avoid the pain and stress of implementing multiple systems, giving you the freedom to automate and scale. Support our sponsor by grabbing a free copy of Startup Secrets for Entrepreneurs at Evolvepreneur.app. Yeah, because I mean, it's interesting though. You see, like, a, if, if you look at the big world of entrepreneurs, right? There's some entrepreneurs out there that you never ever see. Like, I don't think I've seen Jeff Bezos on anything virtual or speak about anything, right? Yet he's one of the richest men in the world. And so, I'd say he doesn't like that sort of stuff, so he just doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, but you can imagine what would happen if he did. Probably would have got there faster. I'm, I'm guessing because I think what he did is he did it behind the scenes. So. In some cases, you, you look at some of the other people, like you know, the, they get out in front of it, and then suddenly they become the brand. So, that's right. But I think the danger is. So, do you find that there's a difference between extroverts and introverts in that process? Like, do you find that? Because I always think that introverts probably think about it more about who they're speaking to and what they're doing about, so they think it out more. Mm. An extrovert will just come out and say whatever, you know, like and yeah. Know. So I think everybody gets nervous. I mean, even myself. You know, I, I think it's it's natural. We're only human, but whatever your process is, you can become a better communicator. That that's what I've learned. No matter what your journey is to get there, it is possible to get there. So definitely like introverts, they probably have higher anxiety or or you know, they tend to focus on the feeling of it, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna embarrass myself or things like that. But you know, the the strategies and tactics that I use to to help my clients. It can work on anyone, whether you're an introvert or extrovert. Mm. So it's more of a skill set than anything, isn't it? It's just having those those practice skills that you can employ that without having to think too much about it. I think it comes down to that sort of thing, like yeah. anything virtually. Yeah. So so for me, for the communication, it's really three things. So it's number one, mindset. Number two, confidence. And number three, communication. And whilst there are like so many different communication strategies out there, it's all about finding ones that are naturally compatible with you. And that's what I do with my clients. Mm-hmm. So, so you said you were onto something else in terms of social media stuff. So, what were you up to there? Okay, yeah. So, look, as if the website wasn't hard enough, but <laughs> it's been a good six months or so. So, I thought it's time to venture onto something new. So, I've actually just completed a scorecard, an online scorecard. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yeah, yeah, we have done some for clients. Yeah, it's quite a, it's a great way to track business and and also to sort of also existing clients as well. Yeah, and just to sort of gain valuable insights on how to better assist them mm. and, and give them that initial awareness as well. Because I think, you know, a lot of people or everyone that comes to me, they they are aware that they could improve their communication or that it, that they'd like to improve it, but they're probably not sure exactly how or where to start. So mm. I find that these th- these tools, these scorecards are, are a good starting place for a lot of them. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. It's a good idea because at the end of the day, it also speeds up that that interaction with the client, so they can mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that might take two or three sessions to come out of it. You'll pick it up off a scorecard pretty quickly, and then you can say, oh, "Looking at what you said, you said this three or four times. Yeah. I can tell there's a problem." So yeah, certainly can see it coming when once they start telling you stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. And you can also use it as a comparative tool, so you can get them to do it at the start and mm. then at the end to kind of 
obviously show them where they've improved. So have you thought about doing testimonials and getting that sort of stuff done? Have you done any of that sort of work? Yes. So I made that a priority from the start because for me, that's everything. That's credibility in, in a, in a flooded market. You know, there are a lot of coaches out there, especially communication coaches, but what will set you apart is how your clients receive you, what they have to say about you, the results you've been able to give them. And it's not even about you telling people it needs to come from their mouths. Mm. That social mm. proof proof is critical. And I prioritize that from the very beginning. Mm. Great work. I mean, a lot of people leave it too long. I think they don't make it as part of their natural process. So they end up then becomes very hard to get because people they never asked them in the first place, never thought they were going to do anything. And then, yeah, the old story, what they say about when, when you're not in the room, <laughs> yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what they'll say when they're in the room. When they say what they say about you after you've left, so you need to bug them, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's 2022 look like for you? Like you have you got sort of starting to achieve the goals you set yourself this year or is it? The, the, obviously there's more to go now. So is there something big that you want to do in 2022 to kind of expand? Yeah, so look, I think in general I like to move pretty quickly. I like to strike when the no, eye right. <laughs> You're not kidding there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's the only way to be. Like if you're passionate, you should always keep moving forward. You know, that should always be the goal and that should always be at the forefront of your mind. So, you know, I think I'm pretty happy with where I've gotten to so far. I mean, having clients across 10 countries, within the first few months and you know I've just launched my program which was about a month and a half ago uh, which is a six-month program one-to-one program um, to help people to become an empowered communicator and I would say probably the goals for 2022 would be to provide a group coaching version of that so I want to really you know refine it through the one-to-one and that's where I really I love working one-to-one with people. I love getting to the core of the issues with mm. going deep, you know, and I've had some really good success with that. But I, I want to give options to people who might not be in that position to, to go into the one-on-one sessions with me, who want to maybe start off with the group sessions. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to, you know, moving into next year. And, you know, I want to, I want to start a podcast too. I might get you on as a guest. Yeah, might as well, right? <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's quite interesting with podcasting because I think it's probably the easiest, probably the laziest way to sort of generate um, interest and in, in client activity because it's not the, it's it doesn't have to be structured necessarily. It's almost like you can do your own thing. And so in some respects, podcasting is probably to me, I say, is a, a great place to start once you've got that kind of groundswell because you can actually start expanding and, and you can jump around, you can change subjects and stuff like that in podcasting, whereas a lot of other you know, mediums are harder and also people listen longer. So in your market, I always say to a lot of people, the, the best customer that anybody can look for is an Apple iPhone user because mm-hmm. they're the ones who can usually afford to buy an iPhone and they're the ones who listen to podcasts predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so so basically those sort of users and then, you know, in that situation, if they can afford to buy an iPhone, they can afford to be a customer. <laughs> so, you know, so it's quite an interesting kind of thing. So that's what podcasting's done so well, I think, is it because of the... Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed with my YouTube channel. It is a little bit more, there is less leniency there in terms mm. of going off topic. And I, I think the dynamic and having to bounce off the guests, that's definitely something that intrigues me. So I am looking forward to doing that. And a podcast listener will invest 30 minutes in listening to a podcast and you probably barely get them to last two or three minutes on, on YouTube or Facebook. So it's almost like they know they're going in for that situation as well. Yeah. Another good point. 
Yeah. So have you ever tried Clubhouse as an, as an option? Have you even heard of it? Uh, no, what's Clubhouse? Okay, so Clubhouse is a bit like um, radio um, versus podcasting combined in one. So basically what Clubhouse does is it lets you um, go on and be in live rooms and they're not recorded. So basically it, you just create a live room and then people can come and talk and they can moderate and they can move between it. But it's all audio. It's no, there's no video. There's no um, commenting or anything like that. So it's a very interesting platform. Um, and so a lot of podcasters move to it because it's a way of kind of engaging live in an audience, almost running your own TV or you know, radio show. Um, yeah. But the really nice thing about it is that once you've said something, that's it. There's no there's no recording of it, so it's not like you can come back later and go, "Oh, you said," <laughs> right? So it's basically just live radio that sounds like a podcast, if you like. Oh, interesting. Could yeah. be good for like live Q and A. Yeah, it's great for that sort of thing. It's good for getting, um, you know, existing people in to have a conversation or start a conversation about a particular subject matter. Um, and then they can follow you and then they can actually join your own club and all sorts of things. So it's a very interesting platform. They opened it up initially only to Apple users and recently did do Android users probably about three months, two months ago, something like that. But they were like Apple only for like six months. And I, I can sense you're an, you're an Apple fan. Well, yes and no. You know, right? I don't mind Apple because I, but I only recently started using Apple, and I don't use Apple from a desktop perspective. I actually prefer um, computer, um, Microsoft. Mm -hmm. But there's certain parts of it that are just really cool, and so I think at the end of the day, you look at the business model and you look at the way they do things. So as a business, this their attitude towards you know what their their point of difference is is bigger than some of these other guys have done, mm -hmm. and so it's yeah, it's interesting to look at it. But um, I think Apple's got that mix of privacy as well so that's almost like the user feels like it's more about them uh, whereas the other platforms tend to be a little bit about everybody else like Google's all about you know much data we can collect off it so yeah it's quite an interesting kind of mix but yeah but I think mainly because again they kind of picked an Apple user because that was probably the ones that like they came these guys come out of Silicon Valley and all that sort of stuff so they probably were all kind of like that sort of generation that were in the Apple so mm. well I'm an Apple fan so mm. <laughs> yeah, I was sort of like I never started off that way. I've been I was I only bought an Apple Mac, I think, or Mac. I never actually bought a Mac Mini or something a couple of years ago, and it's like I guess pretty cool. But if I got a preference, I'll go and use a Windows machine to do stuff on. It's like because I could I work on both, so it's not so bad. So I think it's got to a point nowadays that they're all so similar that no one really can tell the difference anymore. Mm. Okay, cool. So if someone wants to talk to you, where where would they go? Do they go to the YouTube channel or to your website or both? <laughs> Um, I would say, oh yeah, both for sure. Wherever you can. Good <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely the website is a good place to start off, and from there you can also find my scorecard, which I'm which I'm going to put up there, so that cool. you can sort of gain those initial insights. If you know, if you, you're sort of not sure where to start or know that you want to improve your communication but not really sure exactly where, mm. you can take that free scorecard. It's, it's, it only takes about five minutes to complete. It's just 18 questions and you'll get a free personalised report emailed to you shortly after that. So it's pretty good. It's free. Mm. There's no risk for you there. I, I did that because I just want people to sort of have that free form of education. I want everyone to improve. I want everyone to be able to have a starting point to improve their communication. So if you want to go to my website, it's just www.com. Nicole Schmitz 
coaching.com. I know that might be a little bit hard to spell, so I don't know, John, if you I'll can. I'll stick a post up. We'll put up the links okay. up for you. Don't worry. <laughs> great, great. And yeah. yeah, be sure to do the scorecard because I think it will give you a lot of valuable insights. Yeah, and no, it's good that, I mean, at the end of the day, what you put out will get what you'll get back anyway. So, I mean, if you give out some free stuff and prove that you can help people in advance, they always, you know, much more nicer than trying to prove it later. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's right. Cool. So I really appreciate your time and, and I, I commend you on what you've got there so far. I mean, you've done a great job. I mean, there's there's a lot of people, you know, struggle with starting up and I think you, it's a good, you've done a good job of figuring out what to do, what's important and what you've got to focus on. I think that's the biggest part with startups. You can't do everything. You can't, and you, you have to start somewhere. So, you know, you've done a great job of that and I really commend you for that. And so um, we'll get, maybe we'll get you back on again before I get to be on your show and talk yeah. about your progress a year later to see how you're going. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. And I will be getting you on as a guest. We can talk about leadership and communication, which I'm sure you've had a lot of experience on anyway. Bit of practice. But, yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed speaking with you. And yeah, hopefully we get to chat again soon. Cool. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you. That's a wrap on another awesome episode for the Startup Secret Show for Nippernaws. Just before you go, if you like this episode, we'd be very grateful for a five-star review. Please also consider recommending the show to a friend or two. Make sure you subscribe for future episodes at StartupSecrets.show right now. Until next time, if you're an Nippernaw, make a start on your next great business idea today.